Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey friends, I hope that you're doing well. So we are on a break from the Selling the Couch podcast, but don't worry, we'll be back very soon. In the meantime, if you've been listening to the Selling the Couch podcast and thinking about launching your own podcast, first, I'm so excited for you. Podcasting has literally changed my career and allowed me to connect with so many amazing colleagues, many of whom you have heard on this podcast. Now, if you are thinking about launching your podcast, I do have two resources for you. The first is a free podcasting workshop I put together called Using Podcasting to Grow Your Business. It contains step-by-step instructions as well as many of the lessons that I've learned along the way from launching Selling the Couch back in 2015 to a whopping nine downloads to now over 1.2 million downloads and counting. You can sign up uh, for a date and a time that works for you according to your schedule over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. The second resource is the HealthCasters podcasting course. This course has supported the launch of over 275 podcasts, which is just unreal, uh, from our colleagues in the helping and healing professions. It also includes an option to upgrade to an online community, as well as some coaching from me. You can learn more about the HealthCasters over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash join the HealthCasters. Now on to today's replay episode. Hey gang, hope you're having a good start to your day. Welcome to session 115 of Selling the Couch. Now that we're getting into these triple digits, I'm like, man, how did we get up to 115 sessions? But it's been amazing. You know, I think I was just reflecting on this as I recorded actually this session and the session that you heard last week. I did those as back-to-back interviews and I was just thinking, what a neat opportunity, you know, this podcasting medium, right, that I just get to like connect with people and just ask questions and learn from them. And then I get to share them with you. So I'm just so grateful that you guys have taken the time to to listen to the podcast, leave ratings and reviews and share them with our colleagues. Please continue to do that. I really do want Selling the Couch to be just a wonderful resource for our field. Today's podcast is a just a 
cool and out of the box and it totally kind of makes me jealous that he's doing this because this is something that I aspire for once I kind of figure out things about <laughs> balancing SDC and healthcasters and all of those things. But my guest today is Jason Wheeland and Jason is down in Florida and our topic is all about helping clients and serving clients through wilderness retreats and wilderness workshops. Uh, Jason, as you will hear in this podcast conversation, just has a love of nature, much like I do. And he just grew up loving nature. And as he became a clinician, he just thought, you know, how can I combine these two passions? And one of the most beautiful things that he did was he listened to what clients were saying, and he started to think outside the box. So I don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast, but in June of 2017, Jason is actually launching his first wilderness workshop, which is going to be in Colorado. And he's doing this like amazing workshop where it's going to incorporate things like mindfulness and just other things like just sharing meals together. He's actually got a uh, some folks that he's collaborating with. So there's like going to be like yoga and a bunch of all these other things at this retreat. I um, mean, it's just meant to help folks just get a sense of calm, a, a sense of centeredness. But uh, in today's podcast, we're going to talk all about where this idea came from, how he's setting it up, really practical things around like pricing and format and determining the location and and all of those things. So if you've thought about a retreat, whether it's a wilderness retreat or not, I think this will be something that's going to be helpful for you. My hope is that it's helpful for you. Jason mentioned a number of things. You can find that on the show notes page at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session 115. So 115, you can uh, follow along there as well. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. So uh, let's get right to it. Here's my conversation with Jason Wheeland. Hi, Jason. Welcome to Selling the Couch. Hi, Melvin. Welcome to be here. Thank you. I'm excited for our conversation. We're fellow nature lovers and hikers and and you you do things, man, way outside the box. And I'm like, man, I was like, if I was telling you this before, but if I wasn't so busy with STC and healthcasters, I I would do like what you're doing, which is just, I don't know, so creative and so like out of the box and just it combines a passion with service. And it's just it's amazing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. We're talking all about these wilderness workshops that you do, and I just wanted to start with there, which is like, tell us about this love of nature and how you've been able to combine that with your profession. As long as I can remember, even as a kid, I just had this such an innate sense of connecting and belonging out in the wild spaces and the big open spaces. I grew up in Tampa, Florida. And so we were, you know, I was fortunate enough to live 20 minutes from the beach. And so literally, if I was not in school, 
I mean, I was on the water. I was in the water. I was exploring the salt marshes. I was trying to find all the different types of nature and animals that I could. And I just, I resonated with that. And it went further into my, you know, my sister was a big soccer player. So I was growing up, we would go to these soccer tournaments up in Tennessee and up in North Carolina and South Carolina and Georgia. And that's when I really got to see the mountains. And I just, I fell in love with the mountains and and it just... I've always was trying to find a way to get outside, to get outdoors and to, you know, just connect with the open world around me. And it carried on through my late teenage years and my adulthood years. And even now in Colorado, my wife and I spent a year in Colorado and it was one of the best learning opportunities and experiences of my life thus far because the nothing is like the Rocky Mountains. I mean, if you question that there is some kind of higher power or creator other than than us, then you have not been to the Rocky Mountains because the Rocky Mountains will just resonate with your soul. I mean, you realize how minuscule you kind of are in this great earth. And that's just here in the U.S. I, I have dreams of traveling worldwide to see these other amazing outdoor places. And, you know, I'm a very... I like to engage the senses, and so I'm very hands-on with sight, sound, smell, taste, you know, what you can hear and feel. And I'm also very elemental in my life, and so earth, wind, fire, water. And for me, it's about engaging all of the senses as a whole person um, to really have that deep creation and to gain a better sense of mindfulness and well-being and just to recenter yourself when you are bombarded with this constant, constant busyness. And I like to call it hum of society. You know, it, we are so connected with the world around us in a societal form, but yet we lose a connection with ourselves. And we tend to be able to regain that connection and relearn how to reconnect with ourselves when we are allowed to disconnect and reset and to really engage into the world and the wild places where you don't have that constant, constant noise or traffic. Yeah, no, it's like so well put. I think I, I heard this story a while ago and it was like, apparently like, you know, just back in the day when folks were like just struggling with, I guess, what we would now think of as anxiety or even burnout there were physicians that would prescribe that these folks go to the mountains. And I think they actually called it the mountain cure. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, what an interesting, like, there's such an element of truth in that, right? Like, that connecting with nature, I think, connects us back to, like, the core of who we are. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's like, I don't know, I was like, so excited when you were talking about this. <laughs> I love nature as well. And how did you figure out that you could combine your skills as a clinician with this love of nature. By the way, we should really be thanking your sister for this love of, of what you're doing, right? So, <laughs> but how did you figure that out? Like, you know, because that's, that's very out of the box, right? Because I think for most of us, it's kind of like, okay, I do hiking, or, you know, or I do photography, or I play basketball, right? But that's not what I do for a job kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I think what happens is that the more I talk to people and especially young working millennials, there's a common theme and it's that they don't 
take any time for themselves or they they don't think about taking time for themselves and they have a really hard time achieving a good work-life balance to where they have really good life satisfaction. And so I kind of talk to them and I ask them, and I say, well, what do you do for fun? What do you do to for good self-care? Do you ever just disconnect and put your phone down and get out into the wild or go to the beach or go to a state park or go on a trip that has all these amazing experiences really at your fingertips? Do you ever go out there and just be in it? Do you ever just be present in the moment and just stop and quiet yourself and really listen to what you're experiencing around you. And at that point, it's a very kind of almost Zen-like like wake up moment for them of, well, I've never even considered it or I've never even thought about it. And But once they learn and make that connection of how to recenter themselves and really how to enjoy the moment and be in the moment instead of constantly worrying about I need to take this picture so I can share it on Facebook or Instagram. You know, they don't really authentically get to feel that moment. They just have a picture of it. Yes, but they don't really have a connection or a value with it. So that's what I when I was trying to think about really what is something that I could take that I love doing and I find great benefit and richness and worth in and give that to my clients when I know that they will feel the same benefit and value of worth that I do. And that's really what kind of was the impetus for this kind of you know, track that I went on with, with a service that I provide. I almost want to call it you know, wilderness coaching, which essentially is what it is. You know, and it's just the other day I was out at a state park with a client. We were just walking and we were just talking and it just was a very authentic conversation. It was a very unguarded conversation. They felt comfortable. They were at ease. They were, you know, they didn't have the stress or anxiety and they even said it. They said, I didn't even realize that I would be this relaxed as I'm sitting here talking to you about some issues that I'm going through, you know, and also very being very mindful though, that again, when you're in an outdoor space like this, you know, it doesn't have to get to where it is extremely sensitive information. I mean, we're just essentially talking about how to juggle and balance and navigate their life on a day-to-day basis. As I heard you talk, I just kept thinking, like, all of this started because you just listened, right? Like, not just like listening like we do in like a session, but more of like, you heard the client and then you figured out, like, oh my gosh, you know, this is something that's been helpful for me. And you almost filled that gap, right, between what they were saying and your own life experience. And that's where this this, this real idea came from, really. Yes, I think that would be a very accurate statement. I mean, really, it's just, and it's funny how common it is for people that I just talk to on a day-to-day basis that just say, I just can't, I don't know how to have fun, or I don't know when, when the last time that I've had fun or really done something for myself has been. And so I'm just like, bingo, well, let's have a conversation about that. And let's see what we can do to reprioritize your life to where you are doing things that are giving you more life satisfaction and that you do enjoy. Take us to the first time that you did one of these workshops. What would you say are like the three critical steps that you took to get it from just an idea to actually doing these workshops? I I imagine there's like a lot of details you got to figure out. This. Yes, there are a lot of details that you do. And, and, you know, the first our first main huge retreat is this June actually coming up. 
and it's in the, the Rocky Mountains. It's at a ranch house uh, that we found. But, you know, the first, the biggest steps that you have to take is to get over that initial fear that it's not going to work or it's not going to fit or it's not going to succeed. I have like the kind of the old saying from Field of Dreams, you know, if you build it, they will come, you know, stuck in my head when it comes to this, this particular workshop and the workshops that we put on. And, you know, basically it starts with a conceptual idea. Well, hey, we would love to do a three-day wilderness retreat. Uh, where's your location? Start scouting your location. You know, my wife and I went out to um, Colorado a few weeks ago to do just that, to network with some other individuals that we're collaborating with. You know, once you find an individual that you think could be interested in working with you, you make a contact with them, set up a little meeting, tell them what you're trying to do and if they'd be interested in what the services that they provide. And that's what happened with this case. You know, we have a couple that they own a, a gym out in Colorado and they also have a chef on staff that does all plant-based food cooking and meal prep and they teach, they actually do cooking classes for their clients. There's a certified yoga instructor. And so there and, and at that point, when they heard what we were wanting to do with this retreat and where we felt that they could be used, they were all on board. I mean, they just started throwing out ideas. And now we have this great collaborative team that we're going to be able to put together an amazing retreat for these clients to where if it was just me, you know, it would just be my experience. But now we have all of these players with their specialties and their passions that they're going to be able to give to the clients that come to these workshops. And I think the biggest thing for me to get over and that I've had to get over is that it's going to fail which is, I think, a common, though, thing for us in our profession to do when we are trying to go out on our own, as we all, I think, have experienced at one time or another. Yeah, and I think I mean, it's so beautifully said, and I, I don't even think it just happens one time, right? It's all, <laughs> it's also when you take like new risks as well, right? Absolutely. It's amazing how <laughs> our minds are wired that way. How did you work through that? Like, I mean, just like, was it just sort of a... I feel this, like, you know, I feel this fear and I'm still going to walk through it. Like, I mean, I, I struggle with this a lot as well, and, and truth be told. So I'm curious. Yes, it is. There are times where it feels that it is a daily fear. And my gosh, that fear creeps up in the most obscure ways and places, but it can wreck your entire train of thought and it can just derail your momentum. I think a one of the things that counselors have to get better at doing is practicing our own advice and really deconstructing that fear to the base of it and where it comes from. And then we realize most times that it's a pretty irrational fear. Hmm. Well, I was just going to you know, piggyback on that is that it's also great to have find people and to have a great social support network that you know, throw the ideas out or just use what you have. Use your networking community and your support community as a soundboard. You know, do you think this will work? Do you think this is something that I could do or that my talents and experience would be able to attribute to? And then have them, you know, give you they will naturally give you encouragement and support where they can. My wife is one of my biggest encouragements and supporters or encouragers and supporters through this whole venture. 
and you know, through her, she's shown me that with my years of experience in counseling and and doing workshops and program management, writing curriculum and all this, that I can I can do this. I can do this. I'm very well qualified to do this, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, you know, there's that. Well, a couple of thoughts. There's that uh, that Steve Jobs TED Talk, his commencement speech at Stanford, and he talks a lot. And one of those phrases that he mentions is. You know, there were certain skills that he learned right over time, but now, like at, at that moment, it maybe didn't make sense, right? But now, like looking back, it makes perfect sense, and I, and I feel like that's true for you, right? That you have all of these diverse skill sets as for all of us, right? Life experiences, clinical experiences, job experiences, that when you put it together, right, that it does make us uniquely qualified to be able to do what we need to do. Absolutely. You know, the other thought that I, as you were talking about this at the beginning, so this is going to be really nerdy, but one of the things that I do is I have post-it notes and I have this wall of post-it notes, like stuff like quotes that I've heard, uh, encouragement, stuff like that. And there was one post-it note I was looking at when you were talking and it said, you don't have to get it right, just get it going. Yep. And I feel like that's so true with something like this, right? That the first iteration or the first meeting, it's not going to get it. It's not going to be like what it looks like maybe 10 years from now. But the key is to go through that fear and take that initial, go over that first road bump. Exactly. It's funny because I remember a saying that Rob Bell mentioned in one of his Robcasts that I listen to frequently. He said, whenever you're starting out a new venture, you have to do the DIY version first. And he refers to it as the crap version. So he said, once you do the crap version and the DIY version, and then you go back after you're done and you tweak it and you refine it, then the other versions after that are going to be that much better. But, and it's funny because, you know, we do, we all have to start with that DIY version. It's almost like throwing, putting something down and having a concept together trying to go forward with it, and then learning from what was good about it, what didn't work so well, what could have worked but might work better. That's the beauty of it, is it's an evolution from this DIY, you know, do-it-yourself version, and then to the final product. And as you, like you said, the numerous reiterations of it will only make it better and better and better. And really, it's about giving ourselves that that initial permission to be okay with that. Yes, just shift a little bit. I wanted to ask some really practical things. So you like with this retreat, you connected with these gym owners and how did you even find them? (laughs) Well, well, I am very blessed to be married to a very artistic and talented and entrepreneurial type woman. And my wife, Jordan, is a wedding photographer. And she actually met this couple when she did a styled photo shoot out in Denver. And then they, you know, when we had this concept and this thought of who would we want to work with or who could we possibly work with, they came to her mind. And she said, let me reach out to them and see if they're willing to have a meeting with us to discuss this, to see if they'd be interested in joining us for this effort, knowing that they were big into you know nutrition and health and fitness and, and yoga and meditation, really just that holistic approach of the whole person and their well-being. And sure enough, she reached out. They commented back and said, absolutely, we'd love to meet with you. And the rest is history. That's amazing. I think there's like such a pearl of wisdom in that, in that 
you know, sometimes I think we talk a lot about networking and finding new connections and all of that. But I think there's so much wisdom in looking at who we've already built relationships with, and maybe how we can look at that relationship and think about how to use that and not in like a negative way, but how to leverage that, you know, instead of trying to go out and trying to find something out, you know, out there and stress out about that. Absolutely. I would agree. A lot of times, you know, it's it's like my father would always say, it's a lot of times it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And we tend to know a lot more resources in our immediate circle than we realize. Yeah, I think that's very true. I mean, you know, like if you're listening, maybe you're not married to a wedding photographer, but likely, you know, a wedding photographer, you know, someone that that does catering that, you know, that owns a gym, like, you know, there's so many things that we never think about. I think one of the things that's been helpful also for me is like, think about the major communities that I belong to. So Mm -hmm. like my church community, right? Like there's there's a lot of folks there that have a diverse range of skills. And those are folks that I've become friends with, you know? Yes. Okay. So two questions. How do you determine the locations for these workshops? So we talked a little bit about your love for Colorado, but did you like say, I got to do it in Colorado or what did you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say there's peace of my heart that will always be in the Rocky Mountains. And we kind of get reconnected whenever I have the opportunity to go out there. But one thing that we are trying to do as our family in our lives, and this is what I really try to work with clients to as well with my business, is we really are trying to help people create a career around their life rather than a life around their career. And so we all of our family is in Florida, and so we are have a very good support network here. We have a very good community here, and so we Florida Lakeland, Florida is our home base. So we are going to use this as a home base, and then but we also have a love for travel, and we have a love for the West, and we have a love for you know these wild places, and we want to also have our daughter experience those places as much as we do with because she's, you know, almost seven and we want her to have those life experiences. And so we are really creating and cultivating our lives around to where during the summer months when she is out of school, we can go travel as kind of a working vacation and go to these different places and go to Colorado and we can still work and do what we love and explore and have adventures, but we can also make a living doing it. And so that kind of led into, well, the first, the summer retreat, we wanted to be in Colorado because we're going to be out there for the month of June due to some weddings that, that, you know, my wife has. And so we're going to make, just made sense to have this retreat out in Colorado. And now the other, there's going to be, our goal is to have one big retreat a quarter. Not every retreat is going to be out there. There's going to be, you know, most will probably be somewhere in Florida or Georgia or North Carolina, but it kind of, to where the retreat is going to be held, it's kind of just like, where are we in that season or where do we think people would really be able to go and to connect and have a really valuable, authentic experience. And so we're probably not going to be doing a summer retreat in the dead heat of July in Florida because everyone would just be miserable. <laughs> right. I mean, so, so we kind of take into account 
you know, what's the weather like that time of year? Are the trails accessible? Are the other people that we collaborate with, the services that we're going to use, are they accessible? Are they open? Are they available? What's the peak season for, for you know, tourists and visitation and population? Because we want to really make it a very intimate and personal experience where this group of clients, after they are done with this retreat, they now have this group of people that they can draw on as a support and a network for when they are out in their back in their everyday lives. Shifting a little bit, just really practical things. Well, one thing I just wanted to say, like, I love the concept of like building a career around one's life, because I think that's something that's really important. I mean, I love how you guys aren't even just like talking about it, but you're actually implementing and doing it, you know? So how did you two things like how do you determine the format of these workshops? Maybe we'll start there before we get to that second question. The format was pretty personal to me where I really sat down and first wrote out, well, if I was to attend one of these workshops, what would I want to experience and what would I want to have throughout the day and throughout the time? And then I also engaged other people and, you know, family and friends and other working millennials through like many workshops that I've completed also of what do you want to get out of a retreat? What do you want to get out of time? If you're going to invest this time and money, what are things that you want to experience and you want to have? And then we create that experience and that workshop around those needs And, you know, every workshop could be very different from each other based upon the clients that we have, what their needs are. And just speaking, one of the scope of services that I work on is business consulting. And so if a business wants to provide one of these retreats for their team or their staff as either a team building workshop or a just thank you for doing such a great job and we appreciate you and value workshop, then that is a very hand-tailored type workshop to that specific business. I love how you've taken like one concept of a retreat, right? And you've like gone into different areas and sort of thought about it differently, right? Like (laughs) caters to both the millennials, but also caters to businesses. Like it's just very creative. How do you figure out like a price point for these retreats? And I would imagine that I guess it would depend on who you're serving, what, but like, I don't know, is there general parameters you follow or how? Well, price point, what we've done with the price point, it does kind of depend on where the location is, how long the retreat is going to be. And then we also have looked at and done research and analysis on other similar type retreats and what the going rate is or the average rate is for those retreats. And so we kind of feel like we have a very fair price point. We're certainly not the highest. We're certainly not the lowest. I like to think we're kind of mid-shelf, not top shelf, but not lower shelf, but just enough to where you can, you know, it's a really good value for service. But we're also making, like I said, we're being able to support ourselves and further the business as well. And so I think it really depends on what kind of retreat we put together and where we want to have the retreat. And then we kind of do a analysis of the surrounding areas and other similar type retreats that are offered. That's actually a really smart idea. So you're making like realistic comparisons. Yes. And then you do create, this is maybe a little nerdy, but do you create some sort of like a chart in terms of like projected expenses, all that kind of stuff? Like how does that even? 
Oh, yes. We no, that's not nerdy at all. We do financial projections and we do profit and loss analysis. And again, because, again, we have to be able to support ourselves and we want to be able to stay in business. And so we have to be able to to make some bit of a profit from the retreat. So we do. We take into account what is the food going to cost? What is the the nightly stay going to cost? what equipment rental our collaborators like the people that we're collaborating with they send us an estimate for what their portion and what their services are going to be and we take all into a, an account to say whether we are really if we're charging too much or if we are charging not enough or if we are just about the right area so so you're basically not walking into this blindly right and just trying to throw out <laughs> prices and yeah yeah we don't really want to you know, we don't really want to not be in the hole for this. <laughs> yeah, well, but I think uh, at a practical level, right, like, I feel like even though this may not come naturally to us, right, doing things like projections and itemizing and things, I feel like something like that is so valuable because it removes the emotion of pricing, or at least minimizes it, right? Right. That pricing doesn't become just an emotional factor, like, oh, am I charging too much, charging too little? It's more likely, here's the data, here's how much expenses, here's how much it would cost per person, and here's the profit margin we want to make. And, yeah, correct. Right? So it's a, correct. I don't know, I feel like it's a good balance, because I think for many of us, we tend to be more, like in a good way, we tend to be more emotional, like guided by our emotions, and I think this is a good balance of the two. Jason, thank you so much for doing this. I feel like, I mean, it's just this is so exciting. When I heard you were doing this, I was like, man, this is amazing. Just what a like, what a way to think outside the box. And I'm just so excited for how this is going to evolve. And I just, I can't wait to see like a couple of years down the line. We're like, you remember that first retreat that you did? <laughs> <laughs> Look where it is now, you know. So I'm excited for you guys, and I'm just. It's neat to see how you guys are both just so thoughtfully building a career around your family. It's just something I always aspire to. So thank you for that. What are some of the best ways that folks can get in touch with you? Well, probably the best way is visit my website. It's navigatecs.com. And that has any type of information about the services we offer, who I am, what I plan to do, the events we have coming up in the next quarter to a year. And it has any link that you could possibly think of to Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. So go there and yeah, check it out. Sounds good. Uh, Jason, thank you again. Oh, thank you so much, Melvin. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jason. And between you and me, it was like so hard not to take notes. And, and my mind was like going all sorts of places about how I might be able to incorporate this into my own private practice. And I hope that uh, it's done something very similar for you. Again, Jason's website is at navigatecs.com. Uh, you can learn a lot about some of the things that they're doing and all of those things. It's just I don't know, so outside the box. And uh, I think one of the neatest things I think that stood out to me is, right, you take something that's a passion, right, and then you then branch out from it. I mean, he does retreats, individual retreats. He does just with individual clients. He does these retreats. He works with businesses that want to do these retreats. And it's just, it's amazing how he's been able to take one thing, right, and really scale it and branch off from it and, and serve different populations and, and different folks at different stages of life. The other thing I think that really resonated for me was just 
how thoughtfully Jason and his family have incorporated private practice and career into their life. Like I just, when I was like hearing how he was talking about his daughter, it just, it made me like tear up. Like it was just so beautiful because wanting to give her that experience that he had growing up, right? That love of nature, because that's what it is all about for all of us, right? Like in starting these small businesses, that's being able to spend time with the folks that that love us and care about us. And I just thought it was such a neat way that they've been able to do that. Show notes to today's episode. Again, you can find that at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 115. Uh, if you haven't joined us in the Selling the Couch community, please come join us. Uh, it's a wonderfully supportive, just a kind community. There are over 4,500 colleagues in the community. It's a very active community. Uh, you can find Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Find out more about it at sellingthecouch.com forward slash community. Have a wonderful rest of your week and uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join me for today. Take good care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey there, hope you enjoyed today's podcast session. And especially if this is your second time listening to this podcast session, I hope that you've picked up just a a new level of insight and something that helps you on your private practice journey. As I mentioned at the beginning, I will be back with new episodes very soon. And before we wrap up again, just wanted to encourage you to check out the Selling the Couch directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Um, I actually wanted to use this time just to talk a little bit more about not just the directory, but what we're doing and what my big vision for STC is. You know, as Selling the Couch grows, uh, what really weighs on me is how do we use um, our influence and how do we use the resources? And for me, how do I steward well um, all of what I'm creating? And so we're actually taking 50% of the profits from directory sales to create a scholarship fund for kids who have been rescued from brothels in the commercial sex trade. Um, when I was a grad student, I um, was very fortunate to work three weeks in Bombay, India with the NGO and with social workers in Kamartipura, which is the largest concentrated red light district in the world. Um, it's the largest red light district in Asia. And uh, I spent three weeks there, um, spent uh, a day right in the heart of the cent- of the red light district, um, going into brothels, with um with with the social workers um doing lots of education on everything from HIV AIDS um all the way to 
uh, trying to figure out what what some of these workers, the challenges they were facing. And I spent the majority of my time about five hours away um, helping at a school where the kids of these workers um, were, were, and uh, just to teaching different classes, uh, getting to spend time with them, reading bedtime stories to the little ones. And f- uh, ever since all of that happened, I just have always felt like, man, if I ever get the chance to do some big things in the world, I want to make sure that uh, everything I create uh, leads to something way bigger than me. And so, um, and fortunately, Selling the Couch happened, and now the STC directory is happening. And so this is where... Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, we can dedicate our time and our resources, and I really have some big plans as we go forward with this. Hey there, I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast session, and especially if this is your second time listening, I hope that you picked up some new tips and strategies with this episode. I love sharing these old replay episodes because I always feel like I learn something new and I I pick up something new as well. As we wrap up again, if you are interested in launching your own podcast, just wanted you to check out the free podcasting workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. And if you need a step-by-step course to help you navigate launching your own podcast and growing it as well, you can learn more about the Healthcasters over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash join the Healthcaster. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.